Who's ready for season two? Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Kylie Says. Today, we're going to go over a topic that I am so incredibly interested in right now called life path numbers. If you're not familiar what a life path number is, according to numerology.com, it's basically represents who you are at your core. So the person that you're spending this lifetime learning to become, and you calculate it in a very intriguing way. So ultimately the way to identify your life path number is to add up every single number within your birth date. So for instance, for me, I'm zero, six, 12. I'm born on June 12th. So six plus one plus two, and I'm born in 1988 plus one plus nine plus eight plus eight. That gives you a number of 35, and then you ultimately add those two numbers together to get eight, and that becomes your life path number. The reason I got interested in this is because I heard it on another podcast, and I'm very intrigued right now with anything spiritual that has to do with numbers, like astrology, for instance. Every, I don't actually even know how often, but astrology will tell you all of this information about what house you have, what sign in, what those things correlate to. Each house means something different, almost like a deck of cards, which I love. You all know that I've been very interested in Oracle and tarot cards reading recently. So this is another one of those modalities that I became incredibly intrigued by because I wanted to better understand what do these things mean? I've talked about angel numbers on the podcast before, and I have to just tell you that I downloaded this book on numerology to learn more about life path numbers. In the process of reading through almost the entire book in one sitting, I started just thinking a little bit more about all of the angel numbers that I continue to see because I've also been listening to some podcasts about angel numbers and the simple fact that when you ask for them, they undoubtedly show up. So let me give you an example. So Yesterday was the JDRF One Walk, which is one of the largest events put on for the Junior Diabetes Research Foundation. And my daughter has type 1 diabetes. So we had a big show out of our absolutely amazing family and friends who came to support her. I got shirts. I made hats. It was really fun. We got a ton of compliments on the shirts, which made me so, so happy. And the night before, I had been reading this book on numerology. And I had also been thinking about my angel numbers and the fact that I still see some here and there, but I hadn't actually ever really paid attention to when they were showing up, how they would manifest in my life and which numbers would appear at which times. So I decided I'm going to start a page on my, a page of notes in my phone. And then as I had these instances arise where I would find angel numbers appearing, I would make a mental note and I would actually write them in my note to signal to me and to signify something. There's got to be some sort of a meaning behind this. Each number for me has to represent something in particular, even if online they say it represents something else. It has to show me ultimately that I'm in some sort of an alignment to either where I'm meant to be or who I'm meant to become. 
or some sort of, or I'm going to this event because it holds a specific purpose for me. I have to adjust my expectations accordingly based on certain numbers that I'm seeing. So I just became very interested in better understanding what are these numbers trying to show me? What are my guides trying to provide insight for me to be paying attention to? I did not get disappointed yesterday. In my notes, I wrote down a few examples. So let's start at the top. The first one was I decided, oh, so the first one, we're on our way there. I happen, I've been looking at our car's navigation for, you know, a few times, but nothing has actually ever registered to me when I've like been looking down because I've been looking ahead, looking on my phone, texting my friends who are on the way. And then I happen to just actually pay attention to the dash. 11 miles left to go. And 11 is one of the numbers that is inherently always showing up for me in some way, shape, or form. So I made it, I made a note. Okay. 11 miles left to go. We park our car a few spots away in a different row from where our friends all parked. I thought in my head, like, this is weird. Why are we parking here versus parking there? But whatever, there weren't a ton of spots there. Had not paid attention to the number lot that we had parked in until we were leaving the park. We're leaving the walk. I take a look as soon as I get into the car to see what lot number we're in. Lot number 11. That was also strange. On the way to the park, I forgot. So this is a little out of order. I looked out the window and saw a firehouse that I would, I had never seen before driving this route. Firehouse number 11. I was like, okay, (laughs) we're seeing a lot of signs. This is pretty crazy. And then on the way home, Um, I decide that I'm going to read a little bit of my book that I had brought instead of looking at my phone because I was tired of looking at my phone. I didn't know what chapter I was on. I had just been reading this book here and there before I went to bed at night because I have a routine of trying to read 15 minutes of a book before I go to bed each night. I finish a chapter and decide my eyes are a little tired of reading. The chapter that I end on that was next up for me, chapter number 11. I then went to Whole Foods to purchase a few things for dinner because I was making homemade chicken tortilla soup and I was making my kids some flatbread. The flatbread sell-by date or expiration date, 11-11. That is at least five instances of 11-11 or just 11 in general yesterday that blew my mind. And that's not all because there was another one. I checked my fantasy football score, 1-11. I cannot... And do not kid you when I say that when you ask for something or for a sign, or you simply believe that there is a reason and validity behind these requests, you will be absolutely shocked at how they will continue to show up for you. And the reason why all of this is why I was more interested in looking into life path numbers and also house numbers. So apparently every single home also has its own home number. And that's not the numbers across your actual house. It's all of those numbers added up. Ultimately, the same way that you identify your life path number, you do the exact same thing with your house number. So I started looking into what does my house number mean? What do my other house numbers mean? What have I learned by living in these houses in the past? If you remember sort of what those what those house numbers were from even when you were in college, etc. And it starts to play out a very intriguing path. Oh, I was experiencing some of these things at that time. Oh, I felt this at that time. Well, that relates based on this house number. Now, you can say this is totally kooky. This makes no sense. How can you actually be putting all of your purpose in life into some made-up philosophy? I would argue that you could literally say that about every single religion or anything that you believe in that you are taking for absolute fact. 
when you yourself have not been there in that situation. I'm not trying to attack religion in any way, shape or form, but I do think that when you find something that you inherently believe because it gives you purpose, why not believe in it? So I happen to be a life path number eight and there are, so ultimately there are nine life path numbers, but you also can be a double life path number, which gives you a little bit more, I I don't want to say it's more special, but it's it's rare. And those numbers are 11, 22, and 33. So I'm a life path number eight. Um, so let's see, we can go through all of them, but let me go quickly to life path number eight and just read you what it says on numerology.com, which I just found so intriguing. Life path number eight personality is one of hard work and hard lessons. People born with this life path number get their work get their worth from accomplishing great things. The bigger the goal, the more satisfying it feels when they achieve it. Money and material goods are important to them because they they are rewards and reminders of all the effort put in. People with this life path direct all their energy into creating a life of success and abundance. Dealing with people in positions of authority is often tough for people born with an eight life path number. Because they are leaders themselves and are supremely confident in their abilities, they don't take kindly to being told what to do, especially if it goes against what they would choose to do. Life path eight people too can also come across as authoritative and must learn that all relationships are about harmony. With all the work of these life path people put into reaching their goals and feeling accomplished, they would be wise to pay attention to their health. Stress is the all too familiar enemy of those born with the eight life path number. And if it will allow, if allowed, It will slow down or deter these people on their path to reaching their goals. Making time for meditation, friendship, and enjoyable pursuits helps to bring things back into balance. Health is wealth, so maintaining a healthy lifestyle should be a top priority. When it comes to relationships, people with an eight life path will put in the same work and dedication that they put into everything else. They do well in long-term situations, but these relationships may look more like business arrangements than passionate love affairs. Life path number eight people see themselves as providers and willingly take on the role of supporting a partner or family. They know they are self-sufficient, but when they see that they are prosperous enough to also provide for loved ones to them, that's proof of success. When I was reading through this, it's always interesting to kind of read through something that's supposed to be a mirror to who you are or who you're meant to be and feel those little pings of discomfort arise when you read something that hits a little bit too close to home. So one of those things that actually makes me feel this way is that this is one of hard work. A lot of my overall life themes, especially some of my gates and channels and human design signal some sort of an opportunity to experience hardship. And literally my human design incarnation cross is one about conflict, meaning that I will purposefully, I am someone who can purposefully take on conflict because I can see the bird's eye view of each situation and help find a meaningful conclusion. And that is part of what I am meant to do here on this planet. That makes me feel very determined and very much like I'm being put on the right path in not only the work that I do today, which is client services and helping my clients better understand you know, where is a problem or where is something that we can try to help solve whether, and where, you know, how is the, how can we potentially change or adjust something to provide a different and a better outcome for ongoing communication strategies, for executive plans, et cetera. But pardon me, one of the goals that I have in life is to be able to 
work with clients using human design and using intuitive guidance to allow them to see where they may potentially have barriers in their life that I can see more vividly than they can and they can and help them come to some sort of a conclusion. So as I'm looking over this life path, I'm kind of getting hit in the face with a few things that the fact of hard work and dedication being one of them. It's incredibly interesting to me that this life path talks about being a leader and being in positions and the that they are leaders themselves and are confident in their abilities because my human design profile is literally the talented role model, the talented leader. Those two things, the synchronicity, oh, and it just turned 112, it was 111. Exactly my point. Like there are just too many synchronicities that are happening in my life that are showing me that I'm going in the right direction. This podcast is purposeful, that there's something that someone is getting out of it. Even if I don't know who it is, who they are, or what they're actually getting out of it, there is meaning. And there's a meaning to me too. But all of these things about being a leader speak very, very truly to me. I also just read my work review. Some of the reviews said, Kylie is a great leader. And so it's a little weird, like saying those things out loud to someone else or to my audience. But at the same time, I believe them to be true and I feel validated in that experience and in that part of my existence, which makes me feel great. I also think it's interesting that healthy lifestyle and health is wealth is being something that's called out here, having solid plans and approachable goals to what it looks like to actually be healthy and not experiencing stress and being able to slow down if I need to using meditation or enjoyable pursuits. The second line in my human design profile is the hermit, meaning that those types of people will need to find solace in themselves, spend time away from the crowds, be able to actually recharge their own battery, given that we do not have a sacral center that is defined, and light ourselves up through practices like meditation, journaling, singing, dancing, whatever it might be that kind of fills you up. Um, of late for me, that's really been weight training. That's been a place where I feel completely in my body because you have to focus so much on lifting heavier weights that you can't just be willy nilly going about it without paying attention. It has to be something that's incredibly intentional and personal and that you just feel, you feel it as you're doing the movements and you can feel the muscles contract, contracting, etc. So that was incredibly, incredibly interesting to me. I also looked up the life paths of my husband and my kids. So one of my kids is a life path number one, and I'm just going to read you in case you happen to be a life path. Number one, I'm going to read you what this overview says, because I found it interesting. People born with a life path. Number one are on a lifelong mission to exert their independence and step into their personal power. They carry a natural air of authority as a leader who likes to be the first to try something new. A strong desire for manifestation keeps them moving and improving. People with a numerology life path one are born to act quickly and have no problem changing course and starting down a new path. A secret fear of failure makes them ultra driven in every endeavor they pursue and will often make them victorious. As soon as one finish line is reached, they're already running toward another. A feeling of isolation may follow people in this life path, but it's also what helps them make progress. Cooperating with other people in romantic relationships or teamwork settings can be difficult for number one people who prefer to go their own way. They don't identify with much with others' pursuits and only feel free when they are unattached. A thriving love life is usually not one of their goals. The life path one in numerology likes to move quickly, and this can come across as impatient or short-sighted to others. However, it's this trait that makes people with a life one path number, the early birds who are first to take advantage of new opportunities and the first to reap new rewards. 
While other people are weighing their options and making long-term plans, those with Life Path 1 are already in motion, confident they can make things up as they go along. What I find incredibly interesting about this one is that one of my children, the child who is a manifesting generator in human design, also has a Life Path 1. Their incarnation cross is the rising phoenix, and that literally says that they will reinvent themselves time and time and time again because they will have so many different likes and so many different interests throughout their entire journey here on this world. And it literally says they are a leader who likes to be the first to try something new. A strong desire for manifestation keeps them moving. They're born to act quickly and have no problem changing course and starting down a new path. Again, the synchronicity is absolute insanity it says basically the exact same thing that, and of the manifesting generators, the manifestors, which is part of what the, you know, they're, they're hybrid of a manifestor and a generator. So they have that sacral energy center, meaning that when they're doing something, they love, they have access to this life force energy at all times, but it also means that as a manifestor, they don't necessarily have to ask for permission so they can inform what they're going to do and how they're going to act to those that need to know about it. And then also they can wait to respond when giving, when given an option of doing something or not. <clears throat> so that just goes to show that if you actually pay attention to all of the areas where some of these synchronicities may appear, you might be absolutely shocked to find that more of them align than you might have thought were possible. Now, the reason why I think that this is actually a really interesting modality is because there's really no wrong way to calculate your birth number. And that is something that in human design, if you don't know exactly where you're born or exactly the time of your birth, you'll potentially get an inaccurate reading where with numerology and finding out what your life path number is, there's undoubtedly one date that you were born. So it's incredibly easy to figure out what those numbers are. So in numerology, again, like the single digits one through nine <clears throat> are pretty much those only possible life path numbers. And then the master numbers are the 11, the 22 and the 33. So I think that this makes it a little more approachable because with human design, if you don't get the exact right response or you don't know exactly what your date of birth or sorry, your time of birth or your location of birth, if your parents forgot or you can't find your birth certificate, it can make you feel a little let down. Like that's something that so many people have gained so much insight into and they're really able to kind of use that information to put themselves on a positive course forward to better understand how to utilize their energy, how to respond to situations, how their aura might permeate, where their best environments are, which is something that I still love because mine is kitchens and dry kitchens in that. So it means I hate things like bowls in the sink and extra water sitting around, which is 100% true. I like that dry environment where there are like there's this alchemy going on. So whether it be a coffee shop or a bar or a restaurant where you can see the food being made, those sorts of environments or a co-working space always make me feel really energized because I like being able to see things being made in, in front of me ultimately. And that rang totally true to me when I actually started digging in a little bit closer about what my environment looked like. So I would say that if you're someone who finds an interest in things like angel numbers or like a 111, 222, any of those sorts of things, or you've looked into your Enneagram number, which frankly, I don't know what mine is. And those sorts of tools felt 
very intriguing to you, then looking up your life path number will also be intriguing. And the fun thing is you can literally look up anyone else's life number. In human design, you can only really look up people's human design chart when you know that information and they give you that permission. Just like reading the Akashic Records, it's something that you have to have permission to do on behalf of someone else. I'm not saying that you should abuse this and then go telling everyone what their life path numbers are because I truly believe that the only way that this information will resonate is if someone expresses a desire or an interest for you to help them understand or maybe be able to decode what some of these messages mean as they look into their life path number. But if you're if you know that one of your friends would be curious if you were to do the information on their behalf and then send them a little blurb and say, "Oh my gosh, this feels like you." We can explore this further if you want, or I'll find a time for us to connect so I can really deep dive into this with you. Those are the people that I would say, go for it. You can go ahead and do their life path number. But obviously as a parent, you know, I can look at my child's life path number and then compare and contrast that against their human design to better understand, okay, knowing the things that I am getting insight to and access to about how their life is meant to unfold, how can I then be the best parent for them? And helping to be mindful of like my son, for instance, who's this life path one, he's born to act quickly, may change course a lot, may have a secret fear of failure and want to be ultra driven. That means that as a parent, knowing that I have a child who deeply cares about success and may flop between project to project to project, their life path number says that they'll likely get to the finish line on all of those things. Their human design profile says that they may not always get to the finish line on all of those projects. But if they deeply care about success and have this hidden desire to want to always succeed and be the best at everything, then failure is going to be something that they're going to have a very hard time with. So that means as a parent, I need to be mindful as they grow up, what is what is the bar here? What does failure actually look like? And how do I give them confidence to know that not following through a project that may not be in alignment with them does not mean that they failed at something. We're not being the absolute best, scoring the most goals, scoring the most baskets, having the highest, whatever the case may be, a GPA, for instance. That does not in any way take away from their amazing and inherent capabilities. It does give them insight into lessons that they're meant to learn about not necessarily being the best at everything that they do. And I think that being able to use these tools as a parent to better understand how our children might operate. And again, this is assuming that these are relatively accurate. If they don't feel accurate to you, then you don't have to use this information in that way. You can continue to parent however you feel best. For me, I am very much aware of being spiritually intuitive when it comes to raising my kids. I don't believe that every child should be parented the same way. I do think that each child has a different need based on not only what their human design is and how they make decisions, but what makes them feel psychologically, mentally, and emotionally safe. And I have a strong urge to create that sort of environment for my children as they grow up. I also would have a strong urge to do that for all of my friends' children as they're at our house or having sleepovers or playing or whatever the case may be. And as we go into elementary school and middle school, as children stay the night at our house, I feel like I will end up being one of those parents who wants to really learn about these kids, what makes them tick, what is their home life, how can I help provide a safe space for them here without taking anything away from my own child or children? How do I create this this opportunity for internal alignment at a young age? 
so that we can help regulate their nervous system through some of these modalities. I want my kids to grow up knowing what meditation is. I want my kids to grow up having an interest in going to a crystal shop or a spirituality shop. And they see me already playing with my cards and pulling cards and reading to them and seeing how beautiful the cards are, what they mean. I want to be able to have them grow up in this environment where yes, of course, they'll have a choice in choosing how they want to actually utilize some of these modalities themselves, but that they'll also have this inherent understanding that these are tools in your toolbox that if in alignment with you, great. See how you can actually use them to the best of your ability. If not in alignment, there's no need for you to really dig into them. This is just something that's meant to help propel that next phase of growth and personal understanding. And that's how I look at things like life numbers, because we may not always inherently feel like all of these things are totally accurate. I'm someone who, because I have an open head and open Ajna an open G center, A lot of these things that I read, I immediately attach to. And so I have to do a good job of really not getting too excited when I'm reading all of these things, thinking, oh my God, that's me. Oh my God, that's me too. Oh my God, this is me. This whole thing is me. And really being mindful of what is actually me and what's not. And keeping one thing that's been very, very clear to me as I continue to look into my human design chart is that I have a defined will center. Not many people have defined will centers. So when you have, that basically means your willpower, your ability to follow through on things. And I find it very interesting that one of the things that makes me feel the least in alignment is my ability to not follow through with certain things that I've set like goals for the new year. I'm going to drop 30 pounds. I'm going to work out every morning. I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. When I set these huge lofty goals that don't necessarily have day by day opportunities, Obviously, things like working out does and meditating. Of course, you can make that daily. But when I set huge lofty goals and I'm not finding myself meeting them, I tend to get incredibly out of alignment. I feel like, what is my purpose here? What am I doing here? I'm clearly not following through. And that makes me feel bad about myself. And like, I'm not doing something that I'm truly meant here to do when I know if I were to just put a little bit more willpower into some of those things and actually see myself reaching those goals. I would have a much easier time than saying this feels in alignment with me because I would be doing things that are truly in alignment with me and for me. So that gives me a little bit of insight that I have all of that within me. It's more just how I frame them and what I am actually measuring against and comparing against that gives me the insight into how I feel more in alignment with the goals that I'm setting forth for myself. So again, this is something that when it comes to like a life path number or your human design profile and angel numbers, of course, there can be hidden meanings. Everything is just like your your thoughts become things. So whatever you think will become your reality. And one of those things that I think is so intriguing is the fact that if you actually think about all of the stories that you've told yourself today, that has manifested into the life that you've created. That has manifested into the version of your reality that you're experiencing today. If you're a mom, if you're you know, incredibly happy in your career, if you're doing amazing business-wise, if you have built or live in the house of your dreams and everything that you've ever wanted in terms of your physical appearance has come through because of the hard work and dedication. If you're building meal plans, if you're, you know, you're huge on cookbooks and you're writing one right now or whatever the case might be, If you're living in your own purpose and you're utilizing any of these tools that we talk about here on the podcast, then you're doing something right. Because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to 
one, enable you to have tools and resources at your disposal to identify how you can help retrain your own mind to be your best support system and your own best friend. How do you look inwardly instead of looking externally to find some answers? And yes, of course, you can say arguably, well, you're looking externally at these life path numbers. Yes, 100%. I'm looking externally for cues that I can utilize internally to better my development and personal and spiritual alignment through some of the resources that are available to me through looking at things like my life path number, my numerology charts, my house path number, all of those things. So I would encourage you that if you have an interest in digging deeper into any of those things, do it. And I want to hear what it, I want to hear how it, how it was when you started digging into these. What did it actually feel like? Did you feel an alignment when you read through your life path number? Did you look up your child and say, okay, this actually feels right for them. Even if they're young as a parent, you will know innately if something feels aligned with them or not. And more importantly, take a moment to read through yours and then actually sit in reflection for a little bit. Maybe jot down the things that rang true for you and the ones that didn't. You can adopt and further implement the ones that rang true to you just by figuring out which of them feel in alignment. And so I I hope that you'll actually take the time to look into this and maybe leave me a comment about what your life path number is. I would love to dig in and see how many of you are which and what the, you know, what the possibilities are, especially those of you that I know to see, oh, this makes total sense because of X, Y, and Z things. So anyway, look into it and let me know what you think. But thank you so much. See you next week.